And before this episode of the Yalabad podcast, we have a message from Folklory, which is our service where we interview your loved ones and capture their stories and memories as podcasts. Because what's the big, big, big thing coming up soon that every one of us is going to be very excited about? V-Day, man. Valentine's, Valentine's. Day. Wow. Valentine's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big uh, plans for you? Uh, in the works, like the yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Starting to, oh, got to do something. Should yeah. I do something? What do I do? But uh, the most important thing is that you express your gratitude and your love and, and how much you care about that, that one special person in your mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why we think that folklore is really good because it's a way for you to maybe say something that you've never been able to say to this person yeah. and have it immortalized forever, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're wondering what exactly is an interview with a loved one, what does it sound like? Well, what you're going to hear next is an excerpt from a very happy customer speaking about his wife. How do you feel... Uh, you've changed before being married and after getting married to, to your wife? What she has provided for me once she got in my life is that this sort of... Because she's a very loving person, family-oriented. Mm. She she grounded me. I brought an anchor point. Like, I don't longer live in a house, I live in a home. And she, she makes me go back home to see my side of the family more often than I would have done. Mm. Right? Mm. And... and uh, so in in Tamil, uh, you have a different term for father and father-in-law, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like Appa is father and Mama is like you no know, father-in-law, etc. She calls my parents as though they are her parents, Appa, mm. right? And everything. So like like uh, she she not only that she adopt my family, she even made me become closer to my family as well, and and. Uh, provide a home for me so so yeah so that's how a folklore sounds like that's the kind of questions we ask it's not the easiest thing you might say to your loved one but we make it possible uh, and I mean every folklore is private just a heads up that that excerpt was shared only with the consent of the customer because he was super happy uh, so yeah whatever we make for you will be for you and your ears only um, and if you want one check us out at www.folklory.com Uh, Order within the next week and we will guarantee get it to you ready to go by Valentine's Day. So yeah, all the details are in the show notes. The link is there. We would love to make something special for you. So check it out. And now, on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. You're a sky, and you're a sky full of stars. How? You ready or not? You ready? Uh, getting there, lah. Getting there. Getting there. <laughs> getting there. I've got like how many hours? Seven hours till the mm. cold play. La. You got your rain boots ready in case of anything. So, like, ah, flooding. rain boots, but shoes that are water friendly. La, I think. Water friendly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thinking about There's it. flooding but going on. At, at the same time, I mean, we got standing tickets, but mm. some of my friends are planning to go to the mosh pit, kind of like get as far front as possible. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't think I'm, I I I want that because the last time also when I went for cold play, I was further back and it's nice, you know, you have yeah. space yeah. to move around. Uh, so see lah, see see how it goes. The mosh pit's a young person's game lah, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. I mean, he's probably gonna listen to this when it comes out, and I can say lah, like I think it's a bad idea, all right, uh, to do that. But we mm. see, we see. 
Because I was, so your strategy is to your standing ticket, but you're going to go all the way to the back, lah. Not all the way, lah. So you paid for standing ticket, but no, no not <laughs> all the way, not all the way, Terrence. Okay, quite it's far. Like, <laughs> so you know, to for being like a uni ball Coldplay person who's yeah, never yeah, been yeah. to Coldplay in Singapore, sure. Okay, even if you stand at the back of the standing crowd, it's still great. It's mm. still great, and that was a like a something I realized the last time I went, lah. But the acoustics won't be as good, lah, right? It is not bad, bro. Yeah. yeah, I think you really look down on the, the National the national Stadium acoustics. U2 was pretty terrible at the acoustics. Uh, U2 was terrible. The whole concert, that one also. Yeah. Uh, wow. When the Merlion came up uh, in the PowerPoint was, presentation, uh, I was like, this, come man. on. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, the next time we record the podcast, I'll be able to tell you whether I got soaked or not. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whether I had a good time, la. Yeah, but I'm please, slowly getting excited, la. Yeah, yeah, please, please post on Instagram, uh, uh stories about it, cause there's so few posts about it. I yeah, like, yeah, I know so little about all these conflict yeah, concerts yeah. and I what's will happening. Post, like every five minutes, even though Chris Martin himself said no phones. Oh yeah, yeah, for yeah, some, something right. like that. Yeah. Then I'll post a highlight and I'll just keep, send you, like Terence. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. just send you. Yeah, yeah. As in, wow, everyone has been posting so much about it. I'm so yeah. sick of seeing it. Really. That's the thing about six concerts, like, yeah. you know. By the end, right, people are like, okay, yes, I've seen this before. Okay, the set list and all. There's nothing special already. It's like, it's like, you might as well post a picture of yourself at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, okay, it's not until like that, like, you hate <laughs> You hate No, so just I'm curious, after Coldplay does six, Taylor Swift does, I think, six, will there be more artists or even, like, they would consider six? Because I, I don't know, do they do six concerts in other countries also? No, like, Manila had two, I think. Yeah. And all that. But I think oh, it man. makes sense. Uh, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. In terms of uh, Singapore being a, a hub, hub la, right? Yeah. And then easy to fly in and out and, and safe and mm. speak English and all that, la, right? Yeah, no yeah. worries about uh being, you know, your passport getting impounded or anything like that. La. Yeah, that was what Israel was probably saying in Doha also. La, <laughs> to, to <laughs> yeah, Singapore's great, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe safe. he's the one that got all these concerts to come and do six. Part uh, of his defense. Uh. Yeah, that one night in Doha, maybe Chris Martin One night stayed. in Doha. <laughs> One is Chris Martin stayed next door to him and then like, hey, bro, you know, how about doing a few series of concerts in Singapore? Yo, man, that should be the like Netflix documentary. Uh. You know, one now night. Malaysia, there's Man on the Run. Man on the yeah. Run for uh, story is One Night in one Doha. One Night in Doha. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One Night in Doha. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great, man. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I already can probably make a prediction that you will come in next week and insist how much, how great and how much fun you had during the concert. Uh. If I did have a good time, then I will. But are you saying that even if I don't have a good time, <laughs> yeah. I have established my fault too deep already yeah, to yeah, say yeah. anything but that? Yeah, yeah. It's, then you underestimate me, Terence. Remember we talked about cognitive dissonance? <laughs> you are at that stage already, <laughs> la, right? Where if you don't say that you enjoyed it, correct, people correct, will correct. just be laughing yeah, at yeah. you. Yeah. Correct, correct. No, mm. but like there are concerts I've been to in the past where I said that was a waste of money. La. I hope you'll be super honest. La. Yeah, 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 like Bruno Mars. I went to the last oh, okay, one. Okay. It, was, it was a waste of money. Why a waste of money? It was like 70 minutes. Oh, because it was short. I see, yeah, I and I mean, it was just, I think me, like I've been so caught up in the hype for the Foo, Foo Fighters and Coldplay concerts. My friend after that was like, let's go to every concert that comes. Next one came Bruno <laughs> Mars and we both went. <laughs> and after that, we went for dinner. No? Oh, like, yeah. After yeah, the yeah. concert, we went for That's how like, early dinner. It was. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Are you going for the opening acts? Uh, oh yeah, of course. Jasmine so- is it Jasmine Soko still? And oh, that one I don't know. Maybe it's Riley already. Yeah. Uh, okay. Riley. Riley. At 8pm, it starts. You will go lah? I'll go, of course. Okay, good, good. Support, of course. Support, support local. Man. Not just about the white person come, then you then you only turn up for the white person. Is it? Oh, oh, setting the context. Uh. Mm, setting mm, the context. Mm, mm, only with the white person. No, man. I, I'm colorblind. I okay. see all colors. I see. I see. Oh, I you don't see, see or you don't no. see? <laughs> <laughs> I think you see a lot more colors. Than I mean, like medically, I am certified color deficient. Uh, okay, correct. But right. mentally, right, yeah. I see the you full see spectrum. All colors. The all colors. <laughs> it's the first thing you see: the colors. Uh. The colors. Yeah. The colors. 
Yeah, la. but uh, yeah, I mean, some interesting topics to talk about. Uh, yeah. And uh, before we jump into that, yeah. well, what, what's our normal spiel, Terrence? Uh, if you like this podcast or you're new here, uh, please follow, subscribe. There's a lot more fun stuff going on uh, on all different channels, la, social mm. media, uh, TikTok. TikTok's, mm. wow, TikTok's funny now, man. TikTok's great, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, la, YouTube also, we were putting up all videos and shorts and all that. So even if you can't listen to the full thing, you follow these places, you'll get the snippets as well, la, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want to work with us in any way, you're a brand, you're a company, you're an individual, just hit us up at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. All right. The first first set of news. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a bit, a bit worrying. Mm. Uh, it's not the first time we've covered a topic like this. Sure. Uh, but the news uh, came out uh, on January 24th, so yeah. this Wednesday, mm. uh, and it was a statement issued by the Internal Security Department, ISD, that a secondary four student mm. who considered himself a white supremacist after being radicalized online mm. uh, was handed a restriction order yeah. under the Internal Security Act. Yeah. ISA. So, yeah, and I mean, he's ethnic Chinese. Mm. But he identified as a white supremacist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that came out two days ago. And mm-hmm. I mean, we have had cases of radicalized youth in Singapore. Yeah. I think this is the first white supremacist. Yeah, yeah. I think it's... it's the, All the previous cases had some kind of uh, logic to it, like, right? Whether mm. it was uh, race or religion and all that. But yeah. this one is like a Chinese teen who identifies with white supremacists, like, right? So yeah. it's kind of crossed... I mean, it's, it's gone beyond the realm of logic already, like, right? If, yeah. if you think about it. So that's why I... Yeah, like what you said, like, it's a little bit worrying or something. Or maybe it's not logical on first glance, but yeah. if you deep dive, you might see certain dots that connect. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the last person that was issued was, a, at the time, a 15-year-old, December 2020, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who incidentally just got released mm. uh, right. this month also. Yeah. And back then, he wanted to conduct attacks um, at places of worship in Singapore. But he was a Christian. I mean, he is a Christian. Ethnic Indian Protestant Christian, right? Yeah. 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 And I mean, his was motivated by religion, like Protestant mm. Christian. Um, when he made detailed plans to conduct attacks using a machete against Muslims yep. at two mosques in Singapore. Yeah. So that one... I think we covered it also and he was yeah. like, oh shit, uh, that's that's a bit uh, surreal. Uh, but in yeah. this case, and the interesting thing about this one, he didn't plan to attack, do attacks in Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because he said like, um, the groups that generally white supremacist groups are against, which mm. is, um, you know, African-Americans, Arabs, and LGBTQ individuals, according to him, they haven't been causing that much trouble in Singapore. Uh. Yeah. So yeah. he had plans to travel abroad uh, and join um, rallies or attacks and, and I mean he also was like in, in online chat groups and channels uh, with planning to do an attack in the US in 10 years and all that. Mm-hmm. so a bit, a bit scary la, but but well, as you read this or dug deeper what was what were some of your thoughts la? Um, my first question was like how did they chance upon him or uh. catch him la? and I think uh, according to the article they declined to talk about how how they actually caught him uh, how they actually discovered uh, his activities la. Mm. because he hadn't like you said like, he hadn't actually planned to do anything in Singapore yeah. I think he had done some research about weapons or that but they also said that due to his the financial constraints as well as uh, lack of know-how 
he couldn't really move much beyond just doing research about things, right? Or mm. chatting in forums. So yeah, what was the yeah what was the impetus to you know, uh, to to apprehend him, Right. Yeah, I think I mean, I think he was kind of like posting, uh, online. Yeah. So right? to, to quote, they say the agency added that while he searched online for weapons. He did not take steps to actualize his attack aspirations as he lacked the financial resources and know-how to do so. So the youth had no plans to conduct any attacks locally as he felt that these communities had not caused trouble in Singapore. There was no indication that the youth had tried to influence his family or friends with his extremist views, nor were they aware of his attack ideations. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, how how did they... like? Was it really just from his search terms? Uh? I think because okay, so so his background, right? Uh, he first got exposed to violent material twenty twenty two. After he saw videos by the far right personality Paul Nicholas Miller, mm. who I myself had not heard of. Yeah, and then I was thinking also putting the name there, like, yeah. wouldn't it make more people want to watch? Yeah, I mean, I I went to go and look look uh, up this person also. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, like, what well, he makes videos of of what like a lot of hate speech and all. Uh, He's still making videos. No, I think he he's in jail, prison. Right? Yeah, he's in jail for weapons possession. But uh, he's basically, you know, a lot of far-right neo-Nazi ideology, uh, espousing a lot of these conspiracy theories. Uh, but he was also like going on Omegle and cosplaying as Joker and talking to people on Omegle and stuff like oh, that. Shit. So those videos came out. I, I don't know what was the outcome or the point of those videos. Lah, but yeah, it's just um, like any other right-wing personality, lah, I would say. And I mean, apparently, in between his videos, he would also push merch. La. So I guess you oh, know, okay, he had yeah, his own yeah, merch yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Correct, um, correct. Then, so so this Singaporean youth, uh, I think by 2023, he was, he developed the hatred mm. for groups, African-Americans, Arabs, LGBTQ. Mm. Um, he, he, and I mean, this is written in quotes that he came to believe that African-Americans were responsible for a significant percentage of crime in the US and deserved to, and I quote, die a horrible death. Mm. And he also like uh, believe in the great replacement theory which I never yeah. heard of before mm. but it was uh, popularized by the Christchurch attacker mm. basically for white people in western countries being replaced by immigrants mm. so when you read this you're like oh shit this is a uh, I mean th- then you start to think about the appeal of white supremacism white mm. su- supremism in Singapore supremacism yeah um, supremacism <laughs> Uh, in Singapore. And that's why, you know, when you said like, uh, what, what did you say just now? Like, w- there's no logic, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, the more I read, the more I can understand like, oh, there is some sort of logic. Okay, what's the logic? Because, okay, so what, like just some some context of like uh, white super, or like far-right extremism and all, uh, just to set the base, right? Yeah. Okay, so far-right ideology, white supremacism, anti-Islam, xenophobic, anti-immigration, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then they believe that white people in general have um, like a a a superior la. Mm. uh and it's always just like um the white against the rest la. Mm. so the rest right is almost not tied just by gender race religion belief mm. it is like a a whole smorgasbord of ideologies mm. so so that's one and then yeah the the there's Paul Miller then the like um, some of the groups also that have come into the news for white supre- uh, supremacism is like the Proud Boys, mm, mm. which were behind the Capitol riots on January six. No, not behind, but participated. Ah, I think they were involved. Yeah, 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 not behind. Um, then there's also the Boogaloo, which I haven't heard before. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and yeah, the Great Replacement Theory, 
which essentially means you have the white people being replaced by immigrants. Mm-hmm. So, you know how, like, when you... It's almost like, okay, every country has different races. Yeah. But there's more than often or not a majority and a minority. Mm-hmm. So, as much as I think, like, what minorities suffer or, like, no, what minorities experience in Singapore are very different from minorities in other countries. Mm. Sometimes there's a, there's a line la, mm. that is connected by some people that I think is also not justifiable. Mm. So if the minorities in the US or like Western countries tend to be like the Arab immigrants or the blacks, the majorities, uh, and that that line connects to like the minorities in Singapore. Mm. So at the opposite end, I can imagine someone thinking, okay, then the whites in the US or the West are like the Chinese in Singapore. So you're saying that that's what is logical about his thinking? I'm trying to imagine. And I think that that seems a little less illogical than maybe when I first read, huh? Chinese doesn't believe their whites uh, like resonate with white supremacists. Why? Yeah. So that was my thought. I mean, I I can see it as the thought, mm. but there's nothing logical about it, right? because if he were to actually meet up with any of these groups in the yeah. US, he'd be the first one pinned to the wall and and. You know, also oh, you're saying that, that the illogicals on that part, lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Identifying with a a nativist or like you ah, say, majority yeah. struggle. I yeah. would say that that's very prevalent in, in every country now, lah. Especially, just look out for the US in the next uh, ten months, lah. When with Trump, Trump la. with Trump coming to power, and I would not say coming power, but but gaining momentum in the election and everything. Uh, a lot of it is going to be revolved around immigration and closing borders and all that. And that I can see having appeal across mm. uh, a lot of places. Like even in Singapore, I think, you know, anti-immigrant kind of rhetoric or basically closing the borders to immigrants, that, that's going to be come up more and more. Like. But white supremacy itself is like, yeah, this guy is, is he's going to go to the US and, and or if he ever joins up there, he's going to get in and get a root shock. Like, like mm. these people... They don't see you as a person, uh. They see you as like Jackie Chan's offspring or something like that, like, You know. Mm. So it's uh That's why I say it's illogical, uh, Where he doesn't he understand that whatever he's reading or touting essentially means also means uh, subjugating himself as well, uh, mm. Part of the whole thing. I see. I see. You know. So so I mean, like I I get that that illogic there, uh. But I think like that's almost like further down the line once they've been radicalized and they actually go to a foreign country. Mm. But the threat still remains if they are radicalized in Singapore. Because mm. he said that he doesn't plan to attack in Singapore because the, those groups have not caused much trouble. Mm. You can totally imagine someone who is radicalized by white supremacy but also thinking that hey, the, those groups are causing trouble in Singapore and that's yeah. when it gets scary. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the appeal of white supremacism. Like, mm. it's not it's not tied by gender. It's like a very, you pick and choose, no, that kind of mm-hmm. uh, ideology, which is very scary. La. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's also like, uh, uh, I mean, as science mostly shows, like, it's all made up, la, right? You know, yeah. with the Nazis and, and Hitler's Aryan, like greater Aryan race uh, nonsense. Yeah. And uh, I mean, people on Reddit were pointing out that uh, this, this whole movement it's co- they they include you in that group when it's convenient. Uh, like, and they, they brought out an example of how uh Hitler declared like Japanese as honorary Aryans oh, as yeah. well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because so they were his allies. allies. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fucking stupid, like, right? Yeah. And, and you know, everything about and everything we understand about genetics, all that 
uh, you know, tells us that that race really is is a it's a much more complicated construct than just like oh, your skin color means that you must be different and things like that, lah. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of differences in terms of geography and all that that need yeah. to be taken into account. So, so yeah, there's this whole thing. I mean, I do kind of like. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that it's logical, but I'm saying that I do understand maybe how this guy, uh, he came about this, lah. Because mm. I admittedly, even for someone like myself, growing up in Singapore, and then you know we're very westernized uh, upbringing, lah, right? Where yeah. we're exposed to. Uh, pop culture from the US, MTV, Britney Spears, and everything growing up. Yeah, I remember before I went to the to study and 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 live in the US for a while. I was really like thinking like you know this is like you know going home to the mothership, you yeah. know the center of the the world and yeah, yeah. and everything like, right. Yeah, and, same and, uh, same. Yeah, yeah I was super excited, thinking that everybody would be so welcoming to you know like uh someone from Asia who's very westernized and understands pop culture and all that. And then your, I remember my first day there, my first night there, I I ended up locking myself in my the apartment I was staying in and not daring to go out to buy dinner. Really? I just felt like, oh my god, this place feels so like I'm gonna get shot and and like you know the the way it just everyone just looks so aggressive and unfriendly compared oh, to damn. you know being in Singapore like, Yeah. Oh. So, so I mean it was not that not I mean I think that's a separate issue in terms of crime and all that like, right. Yeah. But uh, I think in the general, yeah, the shock of like, oh, this place is not as crazy welcoming as I, I thought it might be. La. Yeah, that, that rang true, very rang true for me. Uh. Uh. How about you? Like you had your, what's your journey from, uh, you know, like uh, thinking that America was this great place? Uh, great same place. thing, growing up thinking like, wow, you know, if I can, if I interact with a white person, I have been like touched by. White person or American or, or, or what? I think American would be the top tier, lah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, cause you 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 grew up. I, I think culturally also there was a lot of, I wouldn't say like uh white worship, but like it, it did feel like oh you know like um like uh Caucasians in Singapore are you know they are they're somewhat like they're better. Cult like, like, more more cultured, lah. Culture, yeah, they're more cultured, the and we want to be more like them, yeah. which is damn unhealthy. Yeah. So before I I went to the US, I mean I like I was so thankful that I got a chance to go to the US but I was thinking oh my god okay now now this is when the new chapter of my life you know <laughs> I go there and like unleashed I, I was worried yeah. that shit everyone there is going to be so much smarter than me so much better than me <laughs> so much this yeah, yeah, and like so much more culture than you so much more culture I'm coming from Singapore and like you know country yeah. bumpkin so that was, that was my cause yeah, yeah. I felt like I was going to be a country bumpkin and I'm like everyone there I meet it's going to be like another level uh, another yeah, tier yeah. then I go there I realise like oh shit every country has the same range of you get really smart people but you get dumb asses you yeah. get assholes you get really nice people Yeah. and that was quite refreshing yeah, yeah, but yeah. the first few days I think what what helped was that there was the international students orientation ah, okay, okay, yeah. and somehow I met my my fellow minorities ah, see, from like Asia Sri Lanka and yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. then slowly we got there then we picked up the the uh, people from the Caribbean ah, people from okay, okay. <laughs> so it was one traveling contingent correct, correct. yeah it's true, it's true. Uh, yeah but I, I will say that I mean two of my roommates were American uh, one had been maybe out of the US was had a bit more open mindedness the other was mm. very closed off mm. no passport uh, no had a passport only been to certain part of Mexico once in his whole life yeah 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 two very different things so when talking to him I really felt like an outsider mm. uh, and and but but yeah like like it was a culture shock but not as maybe like I remember thinking oh more like 
towards oh this is actually pretty cool rather than like uh feeling scared initially la. Mm, 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 yeah so so that was like our experience I think the US is a very different place now yeah right yeah. but um going back to like something we were talking about uh, I mean one thing I wanted to highlight also you know how when we have spoken about race issues in general in Singapore mm, mm. it reached an unhealthy point where just by virtue of being Chinese or the majority you already assume guilty mm, mm. right the whole Chinese privilege thing. Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese privilege, which also, I think, I mean, we made a few videos poking fun at that. Mm, and then mm. we realized that term itself is very loaded. Mm, but mm. I think at the core of that, the moment someone just feels like they're the bad guy because of the way they look or they are, right, it can breed some sort of sentiment. Yeah. So that I can imagine, I, I mean, if I had to guess, it also maybe played a part in this. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, mm. just because you're a majority, you're assumed as the oppressor, the aggressor, which is also not fair, lah. You know. Mm. Mm. So, mm. so yeah. So when when we read from, oh, actually, yeah, this, yeah, like, you can understand how someone could fall into that, lah. Yeah, yeah. But do you think uh, young people today, like, would you? They're exposed to a lot more uh, yeah, material yeah. out there, whether it's yeah. TikTok or even just they want to read up and all. Whereas back in our time, lah, right? There really was. It, it was a foreign concept, like, a lot of mm. these things about, you know, living on, in the US and understanding how people lived there, like, right? Yeah. Everything we got was from movies and, you know, Mean Girls and how they packaged it and stuff friends. like that. Friends. Like. Yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly. uh, That's yeah. what we thought life in the US was like. like yeah. Right? Do you think the kids today, uh, they would be, have that kind of, you know, similar to that kind of mentality that we had growing up where, oh, everything in the West is better and all that? I mean, I... I think maybe there's still like, oh, like, it's maybe less better is West is different, West is interesting. Mm. But the better thing, I do feel, and mm. uh, younger folk listening, just correct me if I'm wrong, uh, that is almost, there's a bit more understanding that, yo, Asia is also part of the world. Mm. We also can do, we are good at certain things yeah. and there's less yeah. of that gap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? Yeah, I think so because I think we grew up at a time where China was not like a superpower and all that yet, yeah, like, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, and Asia in general, like just K-pop, wasn't, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Asia now. Yeah. Fucking Jungkook. Yeah, last time was really about oh, you want to study overseas, you go US, UK, yeah. maybe Australia. But now it's like you know we we have met and and talked to people who you know study in China, study in Korea. Yeah, as as they want to go to these places to study, like, right? Yeah, and we want to learn a language that is not French, Spanish, German, Italian, but like. Korean or Japanese or something, mm. and they understand the the benefit the the value of those of those cultures a lot more right than, yeah. than we did in our day Yeah, uh, and I I don't blame uh, I don't put any blame on on people our age for not being more open minded because at the end of the day that was just really what we had Right, that's what we were exposed to. We did not have a lot of exposure to uh, the cultural products of of Asia that much Right. Mm. Uh, of course, you could argue that hey, you know, we could have gone out a way to do it more, but it was just that was what it was, like. Whatever was on TV was what we thought the world was, like, Right. So, are you saying that if, from our point of view, the older generation, they also can say, Terence, I I'm a racist because I never used to grow up with like friends of other races. <laughs> no, no, yeah, and no, I could no. have, yes, I could yeah, have, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't blame anyone in my generation yeah, yeah. for being racist. No, no, I'm not saying that that there's any excuses or racism. Uh, I'm saying that maybe like if you if you're thinking like uh if you're you're looking at an older person and thinking that oh you know why you're so close minded about certain things uh-huh. la, right there's probably an explanation to it la. not saying that they can't change you know you yeah. can become more open minded over time and all that 
It's just that this we all started. We all I'm saying we all like older generations, like, right? Mm. We all started from a very different place, like. Yeah. And that's the same when I think about you know my parents' generation as well, like, They started from a very different place mm. and very very different thinking from us. And now when we talk to younger people, like even Tristan and all, you know, we started from a very different place from him as well, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so I, I'm not I'm not saying anything about like racism is justified. I'm just saying that. Uh, understanding why different generations have different beliefs and views about the world. Uh, mm. and, and from there, then you, okay, you try to, yeah, everybody try to learn a little bit, uh, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they learn too much because of all the info that Correct, is out there, yeah, also. then you get like things like this. Uh. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's really not that difficult. Like when you said you went to check out that uh white supremacist guy, right? Mm-hmm. You just what went to YouTube, is it? Yeah, yeah, Google. Google his name is I mean his uh, username is Gypsy something. Yeah, 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 yeah correct. Yeah, yeah. And you could find videos, like Yeah, everything, yeah. TikTok, everything. everything. So that just it's it fucking scary as shit. Because mm. that's not even the darkest darker parts of the internet, no. Yeah. Not even yeah. Reddit or 4chan, just Google. Mm-hmm. Uh and and yeah, it's just like, oh shit. And and I think the the regularity that we are seeing people get detained for radicalization feels like, yeah. I mean, 10 years ago, it was not even like fathomable, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. And and it felt like, oh, this terrorist thing is a very, like, it's not not in our backyard. Mm. Then I think there was once that planned attack from JB or something like that. I think that yeah, was yeah. the first time, we were, oh, people are targeting us. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of thing is like, oh, scary shit, man. Yeah, yeah. So why, why do you think, what do you think is the best way to wean him off this these ideas of uh, white supremacy and all that. Uh. I, was, uh, I mean, that day I was speaking to um, an American parent uh-huh. whose kid was, uh, you know, is growing up in Singapore, like, right? Mm. And obviously, you know, we, we're just talking about how safe Singapore is and all that. And then they are very happy, like, they're very happy that Singapore has this environment for the, the child that can walk around generally quite safely mm. everywhere. I'm saying, yeah, but you know, at some point you got to, you know, if they want to go back to the US, you got to expose them to the real world. <laughs> so what are you going to do? So I was like suggesting that maybe the 18th birthday, you like drop them in West Philadelphia and let them live there uh, in an apartment by themselves. West Philadelphia, for those who don't know, is like, um, it's a very rough, na- it's a rougher part still of, still like, it's still, still right? a rough place. Like. And you know, it, it's from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that song, West Philadelphia, born and raised. Yeah. Literally saying that, yeah, like, it's a very, I was born and raised in a very rough place. Like, and then I moved to LA. That's the West, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. Like, yeah, right? yeah. So yeah, I was saying, yeah, maybe 18 years old, you just drop him in West Philadelphia, let him live there for like one year, toughen him up a bit. Like. Then how did they react? Just a polite, oh, good one. And then they walk away. No, no, no. It was funny. Like, it was funny. It was a joke. Uh, yeah. My, the, the joke landed. Harish, it's like, joke. no, it's like, you know, when you <laughs> want to uh, bring up like an eagle mm. in captivity, Oh yeah, yeah, and you yeah. release it to the wild. <laughs> yeah. The eagle will be fucked. La. Yeah, it'll die within like two <laughs> weeks. So Singapore is captivity. Mm. And if you plan to release your child into like, the rest of the world, yeah, you need to go through <laughs> progressive an orientation <laughs> process. Like every milestone, you need to just let them spend some time in the real world, yeah. and then come back to Singapore, the safe haven that is Singapore. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. but but I mean, like, uh, I I think you know, yeah, I'm also curious how they found this guy because, like, what mm. you said, there was no plan, right? But um, yeah, there, there's also some talk about whether white supremacism will grow, uh, in Singapore, and mm. I actually think it is, man. Mm-mm. because of like like I said now there's almost like a menu item of what you want to be radicalized by <laughs> yeah right you yeah. pick and choose like, you know it's like like a like a diet like. in fact Straits Times had like some t- title of an article that was quite 
interestingly titled mm. The New Mix and Match Terror Threat. Mm. Uh, who is a terrorist is no longer so easy to pin down. Mm. Um, recent attacks have been stoked by a hodgepodge of ideas, blah, blah. Very interesting. But it's behind a paywall. Uh, so see. again, like, it's a very important article, Straits Times. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, kudos to CNA and, and today for doing like explainers, you know, like mm. uh, talking about uh, what white supremacism is. And SD did have one, but I yeah. thought that article like feels like, okay, it's hitting on the nail or something. Like. Yeah. So, but anyway, like, uh, if you think about the flexibility of white supremacism, right? Mm. It actually is, man. Like, basically, you can target so many groups. Mm-hmm. Right. But doesn't it, I mean, it stems from, it starts from a place where you must acknowledge that the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, like, race is number one, la, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when you say Protestant, there's a religious... I mean, West, Wasp, la, right? That's yeah, the, Wasp. Right. There's a general... Uh, uh, understanding of what a white person is like. Mm, uh, of course, I just watched that show a few weeks ago, the Black Clansman, mm. right? And it was it was about um, yeah, like white supremacists in the seventies mm. and how a, the, a black police officer infiltrated the group and 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 sort of uh, I mean, stopped them from doing more harm. Oh, it's based on a true story. Is it? It's a true story, yeah, true story. So um, it was quite interesting because I think they weaved in certain things about even how you know Jewish people were. Uh, could could have been uh, could have been implicated in their violence as well, right? As mm. implicated in the sense, uh, they would have been targets of their violence or so. Mm. Uh, but it was such a you know like how do you navigate that that gray area of like defining who is a white person kind of thing? Mm. Uh. So yeah, I mean, kind of the the I think that movie was really interesting because it came out um I think in twenty eighteen mm. in the midst of Donald Trump's presidency like, and then mm. all the you know the George Floyd, a lot, yeah, George Floyd, a lot of uh, white proofs. Uh, I think the Ku Klux Klan like uh. did a march right with Tiki torches and oh, all yeah, that yeah, yeah. during the period. So yeah, um, even though it was a story about something that happened in the seventies, it felt very relevant to the times today, la. And now with Trump coming back to power in you know Iowa and 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 New Hampshire and all, mm. uh, I think it's it's again yeah. those conversations are going to come back, lah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean these white supremacist groups are probably like vouching for Trump, uh, yeah. a lot, la, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I mean at the end of the day, it, it also stems from just people feeling lonelier mm. and more isolated. And I mean now, like you can find communities, even work, right? It's all this remote work, so even remote relationships and all. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, I think. That's why the advice is that okay, if if any anybody has an inkling that someone in your network is radicalized, it is a cause for concern. Because mm-hmm. I think it cannot be written off anymore. Yeah. 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 It's so easy to go and look up and find groups that, that resonate with you and, and you just keep, you know, living the echo chamber and, and building up the the anger in your head. Yeah. So yeah. then do you think sometimes when you know I see life through a racial lens, race, mm. racial lens and I talk about it in this podcast, he's drawing lines. It is, uh, yeah, of course it is. Then totally detrimentally. But I'm here to, that's why I'm here to, exactly. to be the foil. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Correct. So I'm doing it for the greater good, okay? <laughs> I'm doing it for the greater good. Because as much as, you know, like, you hear some content creators, oh, you know, I post what I want, I do feel that we also need to be responsible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, like, sometimes when I put on the racial lens, you're like the optometrist, uh, you know? Yeah. Okay, now change lens. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. But even then, sometimes it's not just putting on the racial lens for, for the sake of it. It's sometimes something stick out and I think it's worth talking about. I'll bring it. It's worth talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm okay to go there. That's the, I think that's the superpower that we have that yeah. we built up here, right? Yeah. We're okay to walk to the edge 
peer over. And the other person slaps the other person. Yeah. Or pull the other person back. Or, or, or even just yourself. Just being able to look over the edge uh, and yeah. then turn around and walk away and say, hey, you know, okay, we lock, we saw what it looks like. I don't need to jump there. Right? Yeah, you know? yeah. That's the, I think that's a very underrated uh, superpower that, that we need to build up in our kids today. Yeah. yeah. And also like, the the fact that we have this community that sometimes can solve differences between us that ah, we cannot yeah. agree on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, I think as as con- as cliche as it is, like the whole thing, more conversation and all is 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 important, lah. Yeah, it I helps. think when people feel they got no outlet, that's yeah. when these sort of extremist groups feel more appealing, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was your number one? thing that about the US that you loved and you wanted to go and do when you were in the US uh, when you first got a chance to go to the US and all oh you mean not like life aspirations just to do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um house parties uh. oh house parties oh you you, <laughs> you were just because waiting to attend house you watch all those movies I'm like huh you know Singapore I never used to go clubbing and all yeah, yeah, yeah. like clubbing I was like Ugh. but like house parties and you know like just living that life like, I won't deny like okay, in the okay. movies I'm like wow is it like that? Ah? Oh, wow. Yeah. But I mean, immediately I went to house parties in the US and like after one or two house parties, I was like, this yeah, is so yeah. fucking lame. Yeah. Because in Singapore, we were already like uh, going out to bars and drinking and clubbing between 18 to 21, like, right? During when you were army and all that. Mm. So by the time we got to the US and then like watching uh, these 18-year-old US kids who were not legally allowed to drink yet. Yeah. But they were so excited to uh, be able to be away from home and to drink. And then to go to the house parties and just get wrecked drinking like really bad beer. Yeah. I was like, what? what? What's fun about this? I don't get it at all. Like, why do that? Why is this fun for me? It's like, okay, like this, you go to a nice club, you dress up and, you know, you're, it's a night out, like, right? And then nice music and all that. And, and you sip a pretty decent drink, uh, even a lychee martini or something. Mm. But like this obsession with getting drunk on like uh, butt light and and being you know I remember the word was like oh I got so wasted you know like uh, that was like the common refrain every Saturday uh, morning everyone would be like Sunday morning like, right? everyone would be like oh the night was so awesome I got trash I got wasted after a while I was just like oh god get me but, out of here but see the thing is between the ages of 18 to 21 in Singapore I didn't drink much mm. and I didn't party much also yeah, okay so I think why so, me, uh, why so you like, just simple boy yeah uh. Simple boy. It yeah. went army all. Uh. But army also like, like it was staying for quite a bit and I was still playing a lot of sports. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. that's the thing. So, like, so yeah, getting yeah. hammered was really not the best thing. Yeah. So I thought like, oh, you know, and also, you know, that image of like people on the lawn, you know, like reading with nice weather, you know, all looking good, frisbee here and all. Mm. That was the thing. I was like, hmm, there's going to be, but to a certain extent, that was true. That was in the summer. Yeah, in the summer, yeah, in like the summer yeah. or, or yeah. spring, you know. And like the house parties, I think it's more about just being with friends. Yeah. Uh, okay. in a setting that is not a club. Mm. So, there's uh, the extreme of house parties, but like, just uh, good friends hanging out. Uh. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, and meeting people from different countries and all. Yeah. That's basically now life on. as an older person, right? True. <laughs> just hanging out with friends true, true, true. in the house That's about, why, without getting trashed. going to uni in Singapore also, you would have a lot of great experiences. Mm. And, and I think now, like, just when you consider the cost and all, going to like the US, you know, it's insane. Yeah, and I yeah. think like what you mentioned, right? There are so many other opportunities in countries that um, yeah, like can can provide equally amazing experiences. Like. Mm. Yeah, I see, I see. But uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, the US now interesting place, lah. Mm. And this white supremacism thing is going to come up a lot, lah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, yeah. I think yeah, like what you said, lah. Like, I never really understood the what a a nice 
lying on the on the lawn on a nice day, what that felt like. Uh. I think in Singapore, <laughs> you tell people you lie on the lawn. <laughs> <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> what the fuck? You stop tanning. Uh. <laughs> Maybe it's sweaty and the grass yeah. in Singapore alone I means the biggest place yeah, of grass. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then they're like, in this Singapore, when you see people eat alfresco, and then you see a lot of like Caucasians eat, they, they just sit outside and eat alfresco. I'm like, what the hell? Are you yeah. crazy? Like, you just sweat your balls off, right? Yeah. But then like overseas, or at least in the US on a nice summer day or something, then you're like, wow, yeah. sun, it's, it's so nice, beautiful uh. on my skin. Uh, I think only then I understood. When there's a meant. change in, in weather. Yeah, like yeah, now yeah. slowly we are developing a Singapore or fall like that. Yeah, yeah, slowly, yeah. Over which, Christmas, you know. Which is nice. Yeah, that was nice. the... There was then I'll do I'll totally do alfresco like, yeah, 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 yeah 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 but, but cool. yeah man yeah cool. but yeah kids stay away from white supremacy yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to sum up the whole discussion stay stay away from white supremacy yeah right stay away yeah. from like unhealthy stuff too much drinking cigarettes and white supremacy correct correct yeah yeah man that's right cool uh, but yeah speaking of uh, Chinese privilege uh, right? uh. <laughs> our next topic <laughs> is also something that's very close and dear to the heart of. Of uh, Mr. Racial Lens himself, Arish. <laughs> and what is this topic? I mean, it was the peculiar practice of like uh, banks um, issuing uh, fit for gifting notes. Like, basically, mm. oh, sorry, not fit for gifting, new notes uh, ahead of Chinese New Year, like, which yeah, falls on yeah. February 10th. So January 24th was the first day where people could withdraw from uh, uh, ATMs, but also... Uh, you can pre-book your slot to withdraw it from banks and mm. there's also walk-ins. Mm. So, the lines were long as shit. Um, mm. So then, I was just thinking like, why, why, why? I mean, okay, I can understand why new notes feel pretty awesome. Yeah. But I, I totally forgot that this has been done over the past few years also. Or yeah. at least last year, maybe the years before that, there was COVID. Uh, but it's uh, a yearly thing. Yeah, yeah. And I just innocently asked you, Terrence, yeah. why why, why does this happen? Uh? And it turned mm. into a topic. Uh. But I mean, yeah, you, you saw it through the racial lens la, first and foremost. La, right? More like a <laughs> social lens. La, social lens. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just so happens that yeah. Chinese New Year is around the corner. Yeah, yeah, correct, then I was thinking, correct. okay, uh, yeah, how come like how, how come this practice is it feels old school practice mm. I mean I read the article yeah and admittedly the thing that jumped up about it was not the fact that there were new notes like, it was about the the idea of fit for gifting notes ah. that uh, commendably uh, MAS is now like rather than like issuing new notes that leave a very big carbon footprint right yeah Um. they're, they're issuing fit for gifting notes which are actually notes that have been verified to be you know in a decent quality yeah. Yeah. to be gifted lah, right yeah. And uh, yeah, they're using that and encouraging people to use that rather than uh, try and change on new notes. Uh. Yeah. So kudos to, I think you got to give credit where credit is due that yeah. they are trying to, you know, reduce carbon footprint that way already. Uh. Yeah. Um, but to, on your other question about new notes, it's like, um, how to explain it? Uh? It's, I mean, because when you give uh, Ang Pao and all that, it's meant to be a gift, right? Yeah. It's, it's a gift. It's not a, a transaction. So you want to make sure that, like as with anything, a gift like the, you know, you receive. I buy you a new iPhone. If you have a, there's a scratch in the iPhone or something. Even if it works, everything and all, you'll feel like, hey, something off lah, right? It should be mm. new. It should feel new. Right? So that I think that's the general idea of new notes lah. Like you know, you start the the new year on a new note, mm. and uh, yeah. You get new notes as part of a gift, la. So, but do you believe in that also? No, la, I mean, I know, like I think money is money to me, yeah. and and you know, I'm really not a very traditional kind of person, la, Right, where I follow a lot of traditions and all. Uh. 
uh, and and yeah, in fact, if anything, I feel the obsession with uh, with money sometimes is is can be quite off putting for mm. a lot of Chinese cultures, whether it's gifting of ang pao's for weddings or or just in general people counting counting how much money that they get from ang pao and then being angry with you when things like that because of whatever reasons lah, right? Mm. I think that's not that's not very pleasant when money becomes the central focus of it. Mm. But if it's about just giving as a gift, as a token, and the idea of you know giving a new note, I I'm, I can see why I can see why people do it lah. I mean, I can understand like uh why okay uh and I mean like when I was trying to read up, I mean the background I guess for any community like yeah. years ago when people maybe had less new things. It was yeah. more difficult to get new things. Yeah. New Year, even for Diwali and all, you want to do like, you know, clean your house yeah, and like yeah. wear new clothes on the day. Yeah. So new notes, I guess. But I mean, to me, like a new possession versus a new note is two different things. Mm. And at first, I was thinking, you know, when I was uh, proposing this topic, I was thinking, am I just being sensitive? Mm. Unnecessarily sensitive? Is this just a small issue that I'm mm. blowing out of proportion. Mm. But then, yeah, like I also saw the MAS statement. Yeah. I was like, oh, kudos to you. And then, I also saw the stat mm. that, you, I mean, I'm sure you read also, right? You know yeah. how many new notes are issued every million, festive right? giving? 100 million. Right? 100 million, no? Yeah, yeah. How is that possible? Mm. That mm. means, is it just because like for everyone in the queue, they change what, like 20, 30, 40 notes? Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe, yeah. But that's a huge number. Like, how many people okay, actually want to get new notes? Uh, it's not the whole population. Yeah, yeah. So how does it come to 100 million? And is it most like used only once and returned to MES? Mm. How, how also is it returned to MES? Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, uh, I, I think maybe it means it enters the circulation and then MES, you know, they always do refresh notes, right? They take out notes and out of circulation and reissue and everything, like, right? But when they say use only once and return to MAS, like to reach back MAS, like how yeah. does money even reach MAS? As in, uh, money is taken in and out of circulation. I don't know, taken yeah, in and out of yeah. circulation, but the moment it's in circulation, it's in your wallet, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does it end up in MAS's hands? It's just within circulation. Uh, I guess if you pay, it's within circulation, but it goes, when once it reaches certain places, like, like, like government, a, uh, some deposit machines or deposits or banks or whatever, Maybe they have something with the banks like, okay, every month you give me back this certain number of notes and then we'll either reissue or take them out of circulation. So it means it's based on like like the serial number or something. Like, yeah, I just maybe, found, yeah. found this thing like, first of all, the stat, 100 million mm. new notes issued mm. annually for festive giving. Yeah. Maybe it's not just Chinese New Year. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's not, yeah. Because 100 million and like, um, it, 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 there is an environmental angle to it. Like. Yeah, yeah. So then, I was thinking like, you know, like, uh, one thing that occurred to me was, like, if if anyone can be like, hey, you know, like, this is a outdated custom. Lah. Can we just move on with the times? Mm. You know, like, environmental uh, sustainability is a thing. Yeah. Sure, there are people who like this, but there's a better system. Mm, mm. Uh, and we should move towards that. Yeah. And I was thinking, but then simply go is like that. Exactly. Yeah. So e Paus, they have e Paus that you can give. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So then, like, I was, I mean, I think when we talked about it, we were like, you can't just force two-thirds of the population to adopt <clears> this. I mean, the one-third of the population to adopt this new technology. You know, people yeah. have their behavior. Yeah. Then yeah. when I was thinking, I'm like, fuck this. You know, this bullshit. Yeah. But I was thinking, actually, it's not too different. Uh, yeah, and and I think, yeah, la, digital obviously might be environmentally better. 
But there's an, I mean, Chinese New Year, there's the act of like, you know, the younger people <clears throat> approaching the senior, uh, older people and just uh, greeting them, uh, saying Chinese New Year greetings. And then after in exchange for, they they get a, a red packet as well, right? Mm. You know, as a, as a custom. So once you remove that with the digital angpao, it's like just doing a pay now transfer to somebody. Yeah, <laughs> like, hey, I, I pay now transfer the hong pao yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, the mother. Yeah. And then the kids don't even have a bank account, so it will yeah. be to the parent most probably. Yeah, and yeah, it kind of takes away from from that that experience of the kid also receiving something. But then you la, do right? the fit for giving lah. Ah, okay, okay. You know, so I'm saying physical notes versus digital ang pao. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm saying digital ang pao doesn't have that. Yeah, that yeah. process la. So it does take away from the the experience somewhat, like, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, so, because I was trying to think, like, okay, I can be so almost, like, uh, uh, vocal about the Simply Go thing. But then, in this case, is culture not important to preserve? Mm. Mm. But no, I think it is important to preserve. Yeah. So, I think the middle ground is a fit for gifting. Like. I think a fit for gifting thing is great. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, kudos to MAS, kudos to the banks with it. Yeah. But then I was thinking, why can't it just be like, okay, no new notes issued. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that one... There is some superstition, like, I'm sure people have. Yeah, but know. superstition... Yeah, like, it's, it's silly. It's silly. It's silly. But, but um, that's where, I guess, education matters. Like I said about the, you know, my analogy to Agaga, you inject a little colouring into it. it. It takes time to percolate. Mm. So now they start with this fit for gifting thing, but over time, as more and more people talk about it, you know, I think, yeah, people will see the benefits. So uh. there was no fit for gifting last year, is it? Uh, I'm not sure if there was, because I, I don't I don't really do this. I'm not, it's not under my purview, obviously. I'm not the, I'm not the, you know, the, it's not under my purview, like in my household. Uh, but uh, it's, Oh, Fit for Gifting twenty twenty two also got yeah 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 yeah. So I, then, how I long, Terence, must this transition be? I think it'll take a while, Like I said, you know, it's not immediate, and uh, yeah, there will probably be a lot of angry people if you if you take away the the new notes, huh? Yeah, maybe then you just charge, uh, Okay, five cents per new note. <laughs> don't don't put ideas <laughs> in the head, uh. It's gonna be more than that. Five cents per new note. Then then you can imagine, like then okay, you you get something also. Or maybe just uh you want yeah, if you want to change the new notes, then uh there's be a minimum minimum spend, but that doesn't make sense. So yeah, yeah. Like, maybe some charge, like like plastic bags, right? Yeah, like plastic bags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe oh, okay, maybe cent. a transaction like like five cents for every hundred dollars or something like that. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, something like some like one cent a note, like. so yeah, you yeah, switch yeah, ten notes yeah. ten cents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hundred million divided by hundred is one million in like uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just gave the banks another idea to to but that sort of stuff that sort of stuff I will support mm. like what you said you know that there, there must be I think in a previous podcast when you looked at the analogy of the trays yeah, right yeah. everyone said huh, how can you find people for yeah, yeah. not returning trays starts with something punitive start with something punitive you yeah. just slap the wrist a bit and yeah. then the behavior change then you relax a bit correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. so maybe next year 2025 5 cents per note then mm. everyone's like wow then slowly you change behavior and all that. Then you just, oh, okay, okay. Then you can. Like. I, I I would just add to that that if that money, that five cents, doesn't go to the bank, oh, yeah, but charity, goes to a charity uh, or something, then I'm okay. I'm okay la. But the moment that it's true. the bank implementing, I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck you all. La. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Correct. And it's yeah. to go to a cause. Yeah. Like maybe environmentally sustainable cause mm. or something. Mm. Ah. Like the MES directs it to charities or whatever. La. 
Yeah, at least, yeah. at least, then I know it's not less just paying for some somebody's bonus. Yeah, they're not squeezing okay. squeezing something out of something that uh yeah, like, based on a custom. Noble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, uh, we'll see. Now we'll see. Like, uh, I we'll guess see. Yeah. This year you are not receiving any unpause already, lah, from friends or anything. Oh, is it? Because you're married, right? Oh yeah, that's yeah, true. you're done already. You're out. You're out of circulation. Out of circulation already. Yeah, <laughs> out of circulation. That's true. Mm. <laughs> Out of circulation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, on to our one, one show, show comment. comment. Uh, and what is your yeah. one show comment after last week's, uh, you know, basically deep dive into TikTok? Uh, do you have something that's a bit more sane? I do. Uh, and I mean, kudos to someone uh, on Reddit. Uh, episode 484, the mm. Simply Go mm. U-Turn and the Old Chunky cost $7 in London mm. uh, from the Night, Night Cat. N-Y-E-T-K-A-T-T. So they posted, as someone who used to work in retail, I would get annoyed when customers make remarks like so expensive at our prices. Come on, it's not as if the staff who is being paid a pittance has any control over the price. I can totally understand why the OCK auntie gave you guys that look. Uh, this was in relation to the, the little anecdote I shared in the previous episode where we were walking past an old chunky in Singapore and the price is now higher. Yeah. And you just point, you scanned it, you pointed and you're like, wow, so expensive. And then you sashayed off. Yeah. So yeah. to correct the thing, the auntie gave me the look, <laughs> not Terrence the look. So I appreciate the feedback from someone who works in retail who says that, yeah, that might not be the nicest thing to say, like, Terrence. And the thing is, I wasn't saying it audibly to for the auntie to hear. She I was saying it, it for y'all to, for she y'all to hear. She heard it. She, she, I wasn't, I didn't look at her like, wow, so expensive and then walk off. I was like just looking at it. Oh, it's so expensive. And then I turned, I turned just turned away. Then you all, you all happened to be behind me. That's what I was saying. The look on her face, <laughs> the look on her face, like, huh? It's not my fault. So thank you, Nightcat, our wonderful Reddit community. What about you, man? Uh, the I think my uh, one you comment was uh, Kirby Ong on on talking about the Simply Go issue, lah. Right? Uh. Think of that. Uh, on a Samsung phone. You can set a credit card as the default transport card and put your phone near the reader and you're good to go. No need to double tap or authenticate. So I don't know. Is that I'm not very sure if that's really something that um, Android phones can do, la, that I, Apple phones can't. Because I, I can't do it with my Apple phone. I have to authenticate, la, right? Mm. Every time I use it. Yeah, same. Same, right? So same. it's it's a bit troublesome if you're wearing a mask, for example, you have the face ID, your mask and all that. If you have the newer phone, then they got mask function so you don't need to oh the new phones have that uh, oh yeah. mine doesn't yeah sorry yeah. mine mine was pre-covid my phone yeah. is pre-covid yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was okay. post-covid yeah yeah uh, no but no I mean with my watch also it can also la, but sometimes uh, a bit slow la, you know I see, I see. so but, but it seems like another reason to switch to enjoy it will you switch <laughs> I mean not specifically for this la, yeah 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 I see because I have my Apple watch and Apple watch works la. yeah I, I just realized Apple watch yeah it's convenient because it's already on me so uh it doesn't change. It doesn't. It won't, I don't have to. But how do you anything. authenticate on your Apple Watch? Because uh, your watch, I think it just detects as, as long as you authenticate it once during the day. Oh, so you just pop on that. Yeah, as long as it stays on you. But yeah. how do you authenticate on your watch? You don't have to authenticate because it's. But you say once a day. As in the morning when you wake up, you put on the watch. You authenticate. You put in whatever code, and it's on you. Yeah, and the watch oh. knows that it's been on you. It's the same person and everything. Oh, so the moment you take it off, then you have to authenticate. Yeah, yeah, again. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they oh, that's smart. Huh? Smart. Yeah. So and. It can some there's a dance where it knows that the phone is with you. So you must be the same person. You can't possibly have switched with somebody else. Unless someone cuts off your phone, uh, cuts off your hand and maintains the blood circulation. Yeah, correct, correct. But they can it can tell that you're, you know, 
your heart your, your heartbeat yeah your heartbeat and everything right oh wow interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and your cool. movement yeah so cool cool yeah so so android users please tell us tell us if we're missing something that uh I, iphone users are missing something that android can solve quite simply la. Mm-hmm. yeah cool and what about your one shot thing man um my one shot thing is i actually started watching man on the run mm. uh about you know, about like what we're talking about, uh, about Najib uh, and Jolo and the uh, billion, billion dollar whale story, uh, right? Mm. Of uh, 1MDB. And uh, I, I, I put it as a one shot thing because it's interesting. Uh, I think in light of everything that's going on with Iswaran and, and all, um, and I did read Billion Dollar Whale, which was a great read. Um, so when I watch it, it's interesting because the numbers that were involved in the corruption 681 million being transferred to Najib's personal private bank account and him justifying it as like, you know, oh, it's a gift from a Saudi prince, like, you know. It boggles my mind considering that Iswaran is now like the biggest talk in town because of $350,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It just really boggles my mind the scale of which like the what, what 1MDB and Najib and Jolo did, like, right? Mm. So... I think it's an interesting watch. Although I, I have my differences about how the information is presented and all that, right? Mm. Sometimes I feel like I'm watching a a very long TikTok video, basically. Oh, is it? It's a very, lo- like, very oh, A lot of stuff jumping in you and like in front of the screen and very obvious use of AI for certain for certain looks and, and even the choice of camera lens they use also like I was like wow a bit too much. Uh. Is it is it a docu series or? It's a docu yeah docu uh documentary la. no just one. Oh, one, yeah, one. Yeah, like yeah. like a docu film like that. Yeah, but they they the interesting thing is that they took the perspective of the journalists and the police officers and the FBI people who discovered the the what was happening la. Oh. So it wasn't so much focused on you know the big parties that Jolo had or the, you know that. Jolo's perspective but it was about how how those people uh, had to fight through a lot of adversity to find out information about 1MDB uh. oh. so that's the story that you you know maybe you don't it's not as glamorous as talking about the parties and Paris Hilton and, and all that la, yeah. mm, but you started watching because you're not finishing it in one sitting eh? yeah it's, a, wow, it's really a, a salt on, a, eye, a salt on my eyes la. so I feel like I'm struggling to keep up I got to rewind to just look at certain words oh, on the really? screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of things going on on the screen. I, I think I understand why they chose to do it because it's a lot more, that's how TikTok looks like these days, right? Mm. But well, to watch it on the big screen is a bit much. Yeah. But you you recommend it? like I recommend it just because of the, just to, you know, the fact that it's like, yeah, we're talking a lot about corruption in politics and then mm. just understanding the scale of what Najib was doing and, and, and you know the sequence of events leading to Berse and everything it's quite mm. interesting la. Yeah. until until one night in Doha comes out la. <laughs> one night in Doha <laughs> yeah, that's what Doha. us to do la. that's what us to do one night in Doha <laughs> one night in Doha uh, who, yeah we'll Fucking cast you cast great. you as Iswaran oh yeah I just came <laughs> <laughs> then you are a big singer <laughs> uh, no la, no be I don't look like that at all. So right? I look like Iswaran, is it? Oh, no, no, no. I never said I said we can cast you as Iswaran. Yeah, so we can cast you oh, as we can, yeah, can, so can, we can, can, yeah, can, yeah. can, can, can. We can, we can. Oh, that would be fucking great. That would be amazing. One night in oh, Doha. One night in Doha. Yeah, Ministry of oh, Funny Powered production. by Yalabat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, my one short thing is a, it's a short video that I chanced upon on Reddit and then I found mm. out it was actually a video 
put forward by Oxford Sparks, which is part of Oxford Education, mm. uh, Oxford mm. University, where they kind of turn interesting papers into entertaining videos. Mm. So the title of the video is Why Do I Always Spill My Coffee? Uh. So apparently, someone from Oxford, uh, G. Won Han, wrote mm. a paper on the, the physics of spilling coffee. Uh, and it okay. won a Fluid Dynamics uh, IG Nobel Prize. Oh, it's wow. not the Nobel Prize, but it's a, it's, it's a distinguished prize, I guess. Okay. So, so essentially what this person wrote about is when you're walking in your normal grip, right? Yeah. By the side. Yeah. Uh, the reason why coffee spills is because the frequency of the fluctuation of the coffee matches the frequency of your walk. Okay. And both are about 4 hertz. Okay. So, uh, because you do that, then it resonates and then it gets wider and wider. Yeah. So, the way to combat it is, I mean, it's just just certain things. Either you hold your mug and walk backwards or you use the claw grip, which is from above. Because both of those, the frequency is 1.7 hertz. I see, I see. So, because they don't match, right, they actually kind of counteract and it will prevent spilling. So, it's not the most practical advice. But I just thought, hey, actually, that's interesting. Like, they study the... The title of the paper is A Study on the Coffee Spilling Phenomena in the Low Impulse Regime. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Claw grip, wow. That's quite dangerous uh, for coffee. For coffee, coffee especially if it's hot. Yeah. Right, yeah. or you walk backwards. Both, but then you yeah, bang, yeah, bang people even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, or maybe just walk a bit differently, like, sideways or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought, yeah, I, I like these kind of things that distill scientific topics into entertaining videos. So these are videos? La. Yeah, yeah, it's just a video. I mean, it's just like someone talking to the camera. Not is it the, YouTube or what? Yeah, it's on YouTube, but okay. it's by Oxford Sparks, la, which ah, okay, is, okay. I think, a division of University of Oxford that ah. believes that science is for everyone, for enjoyment, for enlightenment. Got it, got it. Yeah, so it's it's basically you have all the technical research, but you come here and they make it more accessible. I see, I see. It's quite cool. Interesting. Yeah, man. All right. Nice. Uh, that's all for... Oh, for, that's, for, that's for it for the week, man. That's it for the week. Yeah. This is the pre-Coldplay episode. Pre-Coldplay for... The next episode will be the post-Coldplay. We'll wait to see hear <laughs> Harish's review of how much he enjoyed it. Man. After I post 2,000 <laughs> uh, IG stories. La. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, cool. thanks for listening, everybody. Have oh, a good and, weekend, man. Yeah. And if you like this podcast, uh, yeah. just remember to share, subscribe, uh, follow us, hit the notification bell. And if you want to work with us, reach out at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Peace.